welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Me and Tom um, have been on a few missions trips together, and uh, he always stitches me up on these mission trips, so I've got to try and get uh, a little bit of revenge at times not that we should get revenge on each other but for those who don't know Tom Tom actually oversees our missions department here at Grace Life and so all of our overseas work uh, comes under Tom's leadership he goes overseas obviously hasn't for a couple of years now or a year or so with the COVID restrictions but also works with the teams that are planted in different countries so we have a Livingston campus a campus in Africa And we also do work with a few different churches in India, and they kind of work with Tom and Tanzania. We have we have works all over the world. Thailand we're connected with, and Tom works with them, so he oversees all of that. And he's also a guy that is he would tell you he's an ordinary bloke, but he has seen the power of God. He's seen God move on the mission field and also here um, in Australia. And so I want to try and draw a bit out of him. And what he is. So, Tom, I've just introduced you, but why don't you tell people who you are your way? Well, I'm an average sort of young bloke. Uh, look, okay, I love the Lord. I, I, feel, I feel as if I'm the happiest guy in the world. The future looks good. Uh, the past has been good. Uh, I think we've got exciting times coming ahead. And, but with me, I, I would say that I'm not one of them guys that sort of does everything properly. I do <coughs> suffer from foot and mouth every now and again. But my intentions are good. But uh, I, I like to look at myself as an average sort of guy. I'm, I'm a businessman. I uh, like to see things done. I in a hurry, I suppose. But... I'm very humorous. I tell fantastic jokes. I'm a great, <laughs> I'm a great cook. I'm very humble, and uh, oh, you're a good cook. Are you? I love to I'm have sure a good laugh. Patty. I love to have a good laugh. I love to. Uh, the, the greatest privilege is leading people to the Lord, and uh, I, I, I do a lot of that. Uh, God uses me for that. You know, that's a gift that God's given me. Yes. So. Uh, my wife's down the back there. She's Lisa. Whenever we do anything, I always talk it over with my wife because at the end of the day, she's just that little bit smarter than me. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that because she might get a big head, you know. But now I, you, have you, I answered your question? Yeah, it was great. It was a great answer. Now, when did you come to know Jesus and how? Look, I, I, I come from England, northern England, a place called Newcastle. I came out when I was nine years old. I was brought up sort of in the Salvation Army Church. And my mum and dad would go there every Easter, Christmas, every now and again. Uh, and a lot of people did. Like, I've always believed in the Lord since the time I was born, you know. I was brought up. Now, I got saved at the age of 14 in a brethren church. Uh, a back. And I walked with the Lord as a youth. I backslided for about, more. I don't know, 15 years after that. And I recommitted my life in 1987 at at a church, Hyde Park Assembly of God, which was obviously three in the Hyde Park. So that's how I got to know the Lord. 
I would have to say the biggest change in my life would have been, it would be November 1987 when I got baptised in the Holy Spirit. Everything just got, a path just got opened up in front of me then. And I, and I haven't looked back. It's, it's just been exciting. Yeah. Uh, so you, you'd say that I got saved when I was 14. I backslid. I went to a uniting church. I stopped going there because the pastor committed suicide, would you believe? Wow. That was the Duncraig Uniting Church. And uh, there was a lot of funny stuff went on. And, uh, but then I came back to check out this church that my friend was going to, which was the Hyde Park AOG. Yeah. And that's what changed my life. But baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would say, changed... It, it, like I, I got saved. My salvation depended when I re, re, recommitted my life. But yeah. it, that was the thing that really turned the switch on with me. Yeah, yeah. Hi, for those that don't know, Grace Life is, is Hyde Park Assemblies of God. It's come out of that many, 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 many years ago. So you've technically been part of this church since 87. Yeah. That's a long time. And Not I, to make you feel old. And, 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 and I'm only 35 years old. Yeah, so I don't know. The Lord does mysterious things. Now, you, you mentioned before you love leading people to the Lord. And yes, I do, for, yeah. So we, we, we also believe in the fivefold ministry, which we see in Ephesians. And one of those fivefold ministers is the evangelist. And Tom, I would say, is an evangelist. He loves to lead people to Jesus. He... he you said you have foot and mouth at times. He, he just often. preaches the gospel. He's not um, dicey with words. He loves people, but he loves the Lord. And that, that gift of evangelism, um, how did you kind of work that out, that that's what God was calling you to, and how did you start to walk that out? Well, in, 19, in 1989, I read this book called... Uh, well, prior to that, I'd led quite a few people to the Lord from 87 to 89, but uh, working, about, working in the gifts, in 1989, I read this book. It was called Heal the Sick by Stuart Grimes and Les Holmes. And I read it, and it, to it, it told all these stories about the, the missionaries that went through India back at that stage. You could do it back then. You can't do it now, but back then you had a free hand, and a lot of people lived in the in the villages, etc. It was a different world in India in 1989 to what it is now. And I read this book and I said, Lord, I just want to go to this place. I want to go and be with these people. Anyway, what happened? I got a phone call from Bob Stevenson. I, everybody knows Bob Stevenson. And, he, and I had a duplex at the time. And the next door to me was bacon and Bob said oh I have this man staying uh, can he stay in stay with you in your duplex next door because I know it's empty and it happened to be Les Holmes yeah. and I thought oh th this is great so I bombarded him with questions and I said I want to go to India he said well he said I've just had one cancellation there's 96 people going you can go in six weeks time I said Right, I'm going. Only one problem. I didn't have any money. So, I, uh, I, I'm in the floor covering trade. 
and a wholesaler came to me or a retailer came to me and he said, look, Tom, I need to buy some vinyl tiles off you. Anyway, I said, okay, and I gave him a quote, $11,000 for this package of vinyl tiles, you know. Anyway, I uh, went to buy them, to deliver them, and I said to the person that I buy them off, I said, uh, $11,000, he says, yes, he says, but I'm trying to get rid of the brown ones. If you buy them, you can have them for 8000 because I'm going out of them. And I said, oh, I forgot to ask what colour this this customer of mine wants. So I rang up and I said, what colour do you want? They said, can you get brown? <laughs> so I bought them $3,000. The trip cost exactly $3,000. So my trip was paid for and I went to India. Awesome. Awesome. That was the first time I went to India. Uh, and the miracles you saw were just unbelievable. We pray for the sick. You had miracle after miracle and you just accepted it. You know, you don't remember the people that got healed. You remember the people that didn't get healed. And then again, I signed up again two years later, went in 1991. And it was in between then that I realized that I had the gift of evangelism, that I had the gift of uh, discerning the spirits, had the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom. Because we'd studied all this in Mark, because I did a course called Power of Evangelism yeah. back then. Yeah. And the first time that I ever used these gifts, like I'm one that jumps in feet first, and that's fun. If you're going to do <laughs> something, jump in feet first. Yeah. And I don't get embarrassed. I don't really, it doesn't bother me. Anyway, uh, I remember me and my wife and my young son, we went to Singapore for a holiday. And, uh, of course, I get on the, pl the plane and we go over there and back then I was fit and I used to run and do exercises. He was a and, pro boxer. And I met this guy there, uh, probably about my age, a young, young guy. And uh, <laughs> I was young back then. Anyway, I got talking to him and he was searching, searching. And I led this guy to the Lord and, it was, it was, and I was so excited, you, you know, because I just went there for... A holiday, you, you know what I mean? And uh, what happened then was that uh, I, I, I was, that, that when you lead someone to the Lord, the power of God is all over you. Then it is easy, once, once you lead someone to the Lord, you're going to be able to prophesy, you're going to be able to have word of knowledge, you're going to be able to lead more people to the Lord because the, the best time is when you've just done it because you run a roll. Anyway, I'm in the airport and God spoke to me. And this is early days of me hearing God's voice. Because I never heard, nothing happened ever until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And there were these people sitting in the corner. And there was two people and they had, uh, they had two children. And they were looking really sad. And I said to my wife, I said, God has just told me that I have to go to them people and give them $200. And of course, I was hoping my wife would say, keep your money. But she didn't. She says, go and give them $200. Because yeah. I always check things with my wife. Because like I say, women are normally smarter than men. Anyway, so I went to them and I said, look, God's told me to give you $200. Of course, they start crying. And I thought, oh, this is a bit 
I told you I don't get embarrassed. I got embarrassed then when they cry, and I thought, what have I done? Anyway, I said, what's the problem? And Because I didn't know him from bar soap. And the guy says, well, I'm Laurie Dyer. I'm a pastor, and we've just fled the Philippines. We had a bad earthquake. We left everything. We don't have a cent. We don't have any money to go and buy wow. something at the airport. Our fare was paid for us. We're going back to Perth. I got nowhere to stay, I got no money, I got no nothing. And you and I've been praying to God and you came and gave me two hundred dollars. Anyway, anyway, I said, Well, you got nowhere to stay. He said, Yeah. I said, Well look, next door to me, I, I, I we live in a house and we have a duplex. Next door happens to be empty. You can come and stay there free of charge for as long as you want. And then they of course start crying again. And crying. <laughs> anyway, I'm really, really up here, thinking, oh, this is feeling really good, <laughs> even though it cost me $200. But anyway, we get on the plane, and I said to Lisa, I says, oh, this is great, this is great. But what happened, because they were at the back of the plane somewhere, because when we got off, we took them home, and they stayed there for six weeks, then they went to Queensland. My wife reckons they went to New South Wales. I'm sure they went to Queensland. Haven't heard from them since. But anyway, not that it makes much difference. She's always right. So she, they probably went to New South Wales. Anyway, what happened is they mucked up all the tickets and we bought a ticket, a seat for myself, a seat for Lisa, and a seat for young Timothy, who was about one and a half. And if you put him on your lap, he kicks you, he bites you, he pulls your ear. And, all, and it's not a very pleasant trip. Anyway, they mucked it up, and I'm sitting there whinging, thinking, why have they mucked this up? And Lisa goes, oh, look, it won't be that bad. I'll just stop you whinging, you know. And I said, oh, gee, we led someone to the Lord, and God gave me words. And, you know, this is, this is our reward, you know what I mean? Anyway, God spoke to me, and he says, be quiet, Tom. Go to work. Anyway, the lady next door to me, she was sitting really She's looking really sad. Now, I'll make this quick. I got talking to her. I won't tell you her story, but we led her to the Lord on the way back. <laughs> now, that was the time that I knew that I could move in all of the gifts. And God showed me pictures. He showed me everything about this lady. She got, she got saved. She started crying. And I got embarrassed again for a man that says that I don't. But anyway, and my wife was there too, but that was the the start of the adventure that was to come. Yeah, wow. Does anyone here resonate? You, you feel like you're, you're called to evangelism in particular, like you're, you're an evangelist. Yeah, there's a few. Before we, before we go today, I'm going to get you to come forward and um, if you would, let Tom pray for you as well because we've got to activate the, the evangelists. But at least we should have got you a chair to keep him straight. Keep him on track oh, with believe New South me, Wales. If I say something that's not 100% right, she'll be letting me know about it. <laughs> Is that why you're turning this way? I'm scared to look at her. So, am I doing all right, dear? She thumbs up so far. Awesome. Um, so, the, the evangelist, you, you know, that, that's part, but you also said about being baptized in the Spirit. Yes. What does it mean to live in the Spirit, to move oh. in the Spirit? Gee, how long have we got? <laughs> oh, look, there's nothing greater than going down the path that God has for you. And the more available you are, the more God's going to use you, yeah. you know? I'll tell you what I found out over the years. 
and I'm not, you don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to be an elder in the church. In fact, you don't even have to be too smart. You just got to love the Lord yeah. and be yeah. available. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, God doesn't look at degrees. God, God doesn't look at intelligence. Good job. And uh, there's a lot of things God doesn't. He looks at the heart. Yeah. He looks at the availability. And that's what God looks at. You, you yeah. know what I mean? So just make yourself available. Say, Lord, give me someone to witness to today. Or say, Lord, and if he does, don't back out. And say, Lord, use me, but mean it properly. Yeah. You, you, you know, and, and he will. Yeah. He'll use you. And, and you mentioned word of knowledge. Word How, of knowledge. What does that fantastic. look like for you? Word of knowledge. With me, word of knowledge is always if I get a word if I'm I use word of knowledge for evangelism. Yeah. You know, if I pick someone up and I say, Look, this happened, you were doing this, you were doing this, you were doing this. Atheists are the best for that. All of a sudden they know this is supernatural. And I say and, and then you follow up depending on the word is depending on how your follow up is. You, you know, like I remember one guy says, God, and he was, I forgot what I, what I said to him. And I said to him, and I said, but God will heal your marriage. Heal your marriage. Now, when I said that, look, I've got to say that particular guy, I witnessed to him. I did not lead that guy to the Lord. But I brought him a lot closer. Sometimes if you've got a ladder with 12 steps, you can fetch him up. Six steps, seven steps. Sometimes you can't fetch them to the top. You've got to leave that to somebody else. Yeah. But you do what you can. You've got to know when to hold them. You've got to know when to fold them. Hopefully, you, you, you sort of, uh, you go to the top, top ladder. And God gives me a lot of these people. Yeah. And you've, you've talked to me before about um, healing with word of knowledge. Sure. And like seeing the body. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what well, does that look like? Can you explain well, what well, that looks look, like to you? Well, look. A word of knowledge is, I think there's four things with a word of knowledge, you know. And first, with me, sometimes you can see it. You know, God will give you a picture. So say if I see a picture of a man or a stick man, with me it's a stick man, and then his elbow was shining, or it might even be a lady, his elbow is shining. You say, somebody here has got a sore elbow, come up, God is going to heal it. And... And it's dead easy. I say, Lord, make it easy for me. Don't make it hard. <laughs> but then sometimes, you know, you'll be preaching. All of a sudden, oh, you'll get a sore knee. That's God telling you, okay, there's someone here with a sore knee. Be quick because it hurts. And you, you, you get them up and, and you pray for them. Uh, sometimes you can just know that you know that you know it. So you can see it, you can feel it, you can know it. And you can say, like, I'm standing here right now. Okay, and there's certain things I know, right? Just, just sitting here talking to you, okay. There's somebody here right now that I know. I've got no picture, I've got no nothing. Now, this is what you're feeling like. You're feeling like you're going through the motions. You feel as if you're just a hollow body. You know, you know the Lord, you know the Lord. It's sort of like a mild depression. It's as if you're going through it and you don't know where you're going and there doesn't seem to be any joy in life. There doesn't, and it's as if you don't have any strength. But you're going and you're going and you're going. Now, 
that particular person is, is here. Now, I don't know who you are. You know, I mean, sometimes you can get a picture. Sometimes you can walk up and take the hand and say, come up the front. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you come. I can tell you that that person, if you come up and get prayed for, you're going to get set free from that. There's another person here that actually has, uh, has a very bad problem sleeping. They have a problem sleeping, and they look forward to the morning. They look forward to the morning. They're fine during the day, but not so good. You know what I mean? And, they, and, and, and uh, I know that there's that person. Now, I'm not going to call you up now and pray for you, because that'll take half an hour, then I'll be finished. So at the end of the thing, that person needs to come up. And they're going to get prayed for, and they're going to get set free. And they're going to they're gonna go to sort of bed, and things are going to be completely different. You feel that. There's another person here, and I'll leave it at this, that hurt their right ankle. They hurt their right ankle a while ago, quite a while ago, and it never really got healed. It sort of got 50% healed, but they still had a lot of pain in their right ankle, and that is a female. A right ankle, now if that person comes up the front, God will heal. God calls you out, God heals you. And that, that's not, so just talking, you know, you can feel it, you can see it, you, you know what I mean? Now, you will never, if, if a lot of people, I know people say, oh, I try a word of knowledge, and they want an audible voice, you ain't going to get it. You, God isn't going to say, oh, there's someone here that's such and such, such and such, such and such. It's a spiritual voice that you hear, that you hear. That's why it's so important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, if there's anybody here that wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, after the service, please come up. And you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I know people, when people want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you think of the person that is the closest to God in your mind, that walks in the Spirit more than that you can think, and that's the person that you get up and you say, this person is going to pray for you. And it's a transfer, you know. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, when you pray for them. Now, if there's anybody that wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, Garfield, stand up, Garfield. Now, this man... <laughs> he does this on the mission field. This man... He just points people out. ...will come up and Garfield will pray for you and you will get baptized. There's no one I know that walks in the Spirit more than Garfield. So, after this service... You don't mind me putting you on the stop, Garfield? Oh, look, I'm, 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 uh, I, I'm sure you'll forgive me. <laughs> if you don't, I'm sure God will forgive me. <laughs> and uh, So we'll get Garfield up here, and he is going to pray for you, and you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing you've got to do. You yeah. know? It changed my life. Yeah. That's the first thing so you've got to do. And I encourage people, you know, get around people that carry something. If you see something that you, know, you feel God is leading you towards, so maybe uh, the, the gift of word of knowledge, you know, that's not just reserved for people with microphones. That's a gift of the Spirit that can flow through the body. And so get around people and learn from them. Draw out of them. How, what does it look like for you? Uh, I, we had a chat and I was saying, Tom, what does it look like when you have word of knowledge? He, he draws the pictures and uh, you know, puts things on it. And then we, we went out and prayed. And something that Tom does, he's, he just did with Garfield then, is he's like, you're doing it. You're up. You go on a mission trip with him. He'll give you like three hours notice and he'll say, you're preaching tonight. So awesome. You, it's good fun. You've got to stretch people. You do. 
They Can always give them a little they, always, well, they, they did all these dirty tricks to me. There was 10,000 people in a place called Namal. I said to uh, Paul Carter, not the Paul Carter here, he was in charge of international language. I said, who's preaching in about 10 minutes? He says, you are. I said, really? He said, he said yeah, you are. He said, are you nervous? I said, nah. <laughs> anyway, I got up there and my left leg started going like that. Ah! I'm thinking, oh, 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 oh. <coughs> I've never seen so many people in all my life and my legs go like this. And I'm thinking, but I don't get nervous. I'm thinking, what's happening here? Anyway, once I started, I was all right. After that, you will never get nervous doing anything. <laughs> I tell you what, I never knew what happened to my legs that day, you know. I remember once after church, so this is after the service, we're having a coffee with someone, a guy that you had met. He'd come from the mines. He was a big dude. Tats all over him like a bike. He um, lives up on the mines, and you had a word of knowledge about his hip. Yeah, yeah. And we we took him to go and pray for him. And Tom's like, oh, you know, I've got this word. His hips out of alignment. Um, he's 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 getting back pain, and and he shares it with him. The guy's kind of like, what is going on? How did you know that? And then he's like, and now Scott's going to pray that your leg grows. <laughs> and I'm like looking around, thinking, I hope there's another Scott here. And he goes, no, you're just going to command his leg to grow. And we're praying for him. I'll command his leg. And his leg pops out and, it, and it, it's out of alignment. And it comes into thing. He's watching it. I'm watching it. We're all shocked. And Tom's having a great time. <laughs> I look, I, I remember in 1992, I went, to, I went to Thailand with a great friend of mine, a fantastic guy, a guy called Steve King. And I said to him, I said, and we went, we a great preacher, and we went to all these places, and he said to me, you know, Tom, he said, I've never really, really seen a miracle. I said, really? He said, yeah, he said, I've been preaching for years. He said, but I haven't really seen an audible miracle. And I says, oh, we'll soon fix that. Anyway, I was preaching that night, and I was preaching, and this lady came, and she was sort of, limping and she could hardly walk, you know, and she was like this. Anyway, I got her up and I said, God is going to heal you. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come over you and them legs are going to straighten and you're going to walk. And then, and then she, her face all lit up, you know, because we'd had quite a few miracles before, so she knew she was getting healed. And I said, this man is going to pray <laughs> for you and you are going to be totally delivered. Steve came to me and says, oh, Tom, I haven't got the faith to do that. <laughs> I says, look, Steve, God has told me that you're going to pray for her and she's going to be totally healed. And I said, and if she's not, I'm the one that, 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 that's missed it, not you. So he says, oh, all right. So he prayed for her, and she straightened up, and she started walking, and she was jumping like She was jumping about a foot off the floor. She was so excited. Steve King was jumping two foot off the floor. <laughs> he was more excited than what she was. After that, we, he was miracle after miracle. We, we, we had this gravity. But sometimes you've got to do things like that. It feels really good, you know. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't sit down for too long. Uh, yeah. I'm going to let you finish off and just encourage us, all right? Okay, okay. So you can stand up if you want. Okay, <laughs> I will, I'll stand up, I'll stand up. Look, I've got no idea what I'm going to say, but I can guarantee you I won't be short of a word. 
we, in James 4, 17, uh, 14, James 4, 14, it says that we're on this world as a vapour. That means that we're in this world just a flash. Now, everybody here is going to live to eternity. Nobody dies. You say you die, you're going to leave this earth. But your body, your soul, your, whatever, not so much your body, you're going to live forever. It's just that there's two places that you go to. You go to one place or you go to the other place. I want to elaborate because I know you're all educated. And the truth of the matter is that no matter what place you go to, no matter what place you go to, you're going to look back and you're going to think, did I give it my best shot? Did I give it my best shot? Now, you're saved by accepting Jesus. You accept Jesus into your life, you're saved. That's fine. You're going to go, be the, you're going to, go to heaven because you're saved, because what Jesus did, you're saved. You really don't have to do anything more. You don't have to. You, you've, you've virtually got to choose to be a little bit radical, you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you're going somewhere and it's going to be great, really we want to take as many people with us, don't we? And you, you get sort of so much time on this earth, you've got to make the best of it. Now, if you do dumb things, if you embarrass yourself, you, 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 when you get up there, you, you, you're not going to worry about it, are you? And I'll tell you what, if you make mistakes, you, 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 you're not going to worry about it, you know, as long as you give it your best shot. My dad said to me, he was a wise man, he said, you know, the best way not to make a mistake in this world, son, and I said, yes, dad, he says, don't do anything. If you don't do anything, you'll never make a mistake. He said, now, when, if you're talking about work, if you want to move in a word of knowledge... If you want to move in the word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, incidentally, is for the past and now. A word of wisdom is for the future. Discernment of spirit, you know, if you want to move and them ever walk in the room and you could cut the air with a knife, you know, there's something that's just happened. You can discern things, you can look at people and you can think, oh, they're a crook. Or you can say, oh, they're going to, you, you know... You combine all them and it just use all the gifts. You can get on that. Now, they're all available for everybody. All, you, you know, th these gifts are available. You've got to want them. And when you have them, you have to take risks. You've got to take a risk. You know, like if you're in business, you've got to take a risk. If you're a sportsman, if, if, you, if you, 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 you've got to take risks. You've got to give it 100%. If you want to achieve in anything in this world, no matter what it is, you, you, you've got to give it 100%. You, you, you got, you, that's what you've you got to do. Like, I, I, I used to be a boxer when I, was, when I was young, which was over 20 years ago. And I used to sort of, I'd, I'd get up in the morning and I'd train then, I'd go for a run and I'd do this and I'd do that. And, I'd, and you'd give it 100%. If you want to succeed in everything, you give it 100%. That's the same with the Lord. If you, if you want to, and you don't worry about making a mistake. You know, like, I mean, you know, you, 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 you take Mike Tyson, the champion of the world when he was, he got hit sparring, he went down, he got up. He went down, he got up. He went down, he got up. That's a good idea, that, before I fell over it. He, I'd be going down and getting up too. And 
He went down and he, and he, and he got up. It's, it's the same with us Christians. You go down and, and, and you get up, you know. I remember saying to somebody, uh, I was talking to them about tithing. And they said, uh, well, I'm getting off the subject here. My wife said, don't waffle. And they tithe for two weeks and says, oh, it doesn't work. And, and then I, I remember one a younger once, oh, I prayed for the sick, they didn't get healed. So I don't have that gift. And they never did it again. I'll tell you, I was at a meeting once and I had three words of knowledge. One other person came up and got healed. Two people, and, and, I, and I, I was like flogging a dead horse. And I said, oh, I know this person's got this. I know this person's got that. They didn't get up. What happened, and, and you know, it made it look as if I missed it. And then someone came up to me after the meeting and they said, oh, this lady here is the lady that you called out, but she was too embarrassed. She wouldn't get up. So anyway, I went and talked to the lady and we prayed for the lady. And then I found out about an hour later that one of the other words was someone's son who was not a Christian, but they weren't going to do it. So, you know, so, you know, I didn't get embarrassed because I didn't, didn't get it. That, that didn't bother me. But it found out that the three of the words were right. It's just that you don't get a response to it. I was walking in a supermarket once and I saw a guy and he was sort of... Uh, finding it hard to move and I got talking to him and, I, and I, I prayed for him and he got healed and he wouldn't believe and I said now you can accept Jesus right now you can accept Jesus right now and, 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 and he didn't but he got healed I always give people a chance to accept Jesus he didn't now I was walking down Northbridge once with a quote and there was a guy he was crutches he was on crutches. And I went up to him and I says, how did you hurt your leg? He said, oh, I twisted this, I twisted that. And I said, look, I said, I believe in the God that heals. I said, I, said, I would pray for this leg. I said, God will touch it and God will heal it. And, and he told me to go away. But I won't give you the terminology that he told me to go away. But I know the second word was off. I won't tell you what the first one was. But anyway... Anyway, you're going to get that. And I thought, oh, well, he's missed out. Now, that doesn't bother you. You're going to put up, you've got to be prepared to put up with this type of thing. Now, I'll tell you a couple of stories that's happened in the last 12 months. I won't go past 12 months, the last 12 months. Like, I go, go around with, with, my wife comes to work with me. I have a contract with Homes West. We do all the maintenance. My company does all the maintenance, the floor coverings. And I call around the people and I line up the floor. Now, we went to one in. Thornley, I think the first one, well, Thornley. Guy there walking down like this, he's he crunched back, you know what I mean? Lisa drives me in the car and I do a lot of work while she's driving. And anyway, I pray for the guy. I lead this guy to the Lord. I'm in there for about an hour. Now, one thing is I've got a busy schedule at work. Once you get, you're doing the work of the Lord, forget everything. There's nothing more important than doing the work of the Lord. I, I, I remember that. And then... I think it was about three months ago, that Catholic lady, where was that again? Uh, Alexander Heights. This, this Catholic lady, she had all these things. Now, this lady was about 90 or she was, and, and you could tell she didn't have much time left on the planet. Now, she went all her life and she loved the Lord. She did, you could tell, you, you know, and she was... And she came from Burma, and she said, please pray for the Burmese people, this, 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 this. Now, 
I went there, and now I, now I said to this lady, I said, you know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? She says, oh, yes, I know that, I know that. And I started explaining things to her, which, and I didn't sort of downplay being a Catholic. And then her eyes just light up. I said, did you know all your life, God, God knew that this would take place. This lady could not get saved quick enough. And she's probably not alive today. She's not on this earth today. And, and I can remember that, but you have to sort of be... But there was two weeks ago, me and my wife were driving and... Uh, we met this Japanese guy at the front of his house, you know. I said, Lisa, just park here at the front, and I'll just be in here a few minutes. I'm just going to line this job up, you know, to do the new floor. I said, I'll just be a few minutes, and uh, she says, okay. So I went there, and uh, there was this guy, he was Japanese, and he's gone around and he's got these spiritual things on the, I don't know what they were, you know, I don't know, you know, different gods and all that. And I says, he says, oh, he says, I says, well, we're here, we're going to do a full house and floor coverings. Well, I just come to have a look how much furniture you got and, and to line it up to see that you're not going to hospital at the time. He says, oh, yeah, he says, my back, he says, he says, I, he says, I pray to this job, God, I pray to this God, I pray to this God. Man, you never get it like that, do you? <coughs> anyway, I said, well, there's only one God that's going to heal your back. I said, and his name is Jesus. He says, I've heard of Jesus. I've never tried him. <laughs> oh, gee. I thought, Lord, you get hard ones. But man, I thought, my, my three-year-old grandson could lead this man to the Lord. <laughs> anyway, I prayed for the guy. And he jumped up, and he starts shouting and screaming, Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Now, my wife, as soon as I went in there, she knew, because God told her, this is going to be quite a long time. So Lisa parked the car in the car, but I never said a word to her. And I came out, and we were screaming, and he's jumping up to the Lord, you know. And Lisa says, oh, yeah, I knew, I knew you were going to leave that guy to the Lord. I says, oh, yeah. <laughs> she said, so I parked the car here. I didn't want to leave it on the road there, you know. And, but you've got to be willing. You've got to be available. You've got to be willing. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I'd hate to picture what hell's like. I, I look, I'd, I'd really hate to picture it. I just, now God, Jesus spoke more about hell than what he spoke about heaven. And the reality is that if you're not saved, you're going to hell. That's the reality. Okay, got to one person once and they said, oh, I don't believe a loving God would, would sort of, uh, would send people to a terrible place like that, like hell. I don't believe a loving God would send that. I said, yeah, no, I know why. And they looked at me funny. I said, I'm serious. I don't believe a loving God would send... I said, I said, why do you think he sent Jesus so you don't go there? I said, that's the only way. Jesus is the, is the only way. They said, oh, if there's other ways, do you think they're going to put Jesus on a cross to go through the agony? They, they, they rip his beard out. You know, they rip, rip his back to pieces, you know. And, and Do you think they're going to do that if there's another way? It said that there's a gruesome problem in this world, and it's called sin. And for a gruesome problem, you need a, you need a gruesome solution, and that's what Jesus on the cross is. 
a gruesome solution because the sin was so bad, the penalty for sin was so bad, the agony, the worst way a person could possibly die. That's Jesus. That's my Savior. He did that for me. He did it for you. He did it for everybody. He did it for the people that don't get saved, but they don't pick the ticket up. I, I, I remember my dad always wanted to go for a holiday to England, and I, said, and I went and bought him a ticket. This is a few years ago. And I said, Dad, I said, it's waiting for you at the airport. you just got to give him your name, and you can go. He says, oh, thanks, son. Thanks, son. So he went to the airport, and he picked his ticket up, and he went and had a holiday. Now, look, and he went to England and had a great holiday. Now, there's a ticket for everybody here. And the ticket doesn't go to England for holiday. It goes to glory for the rest of your life. Glory to be with Jesus, you, you know, and you can't picture, you can't picture what God has for us. You just can't picture it. But you've got to pick the ticket up. That's it. The ticket, you have to pick it up. You've got to accept Jesus. It's, it's, it, Jesus is the ticket. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way. And that ticket cost. That ticket cost. That ticket cost. It cost a lot of agony. It cost a lot of insults. It cost a lot of pain. And that's my saviour. That's Jesus Christ. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.